Hello and welcome to another episode of The Thriving Metabolism, where we discuss everything that impacts your hormones and metabolism so that you can take control, repair the damage and lose weight consistently without making yourself miserable in the process. It's my mission to empower you so that you and your metabolism thrives and you never have to go through diet misery again. I'm Louise Digby, registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert and founder of the Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss. Today we have a special episode tailored for perimenopausal women who are on a weight loss journey and in this episode we'll explore the fascinating world of energy and delve into what causes tiredness and fatigue. My goal is to empower you with knowledge and strategies to optimize your health without resorting to crazy diets. So let's dive in. Before we begin, let's take a moment to understand the connection between perimenopause and fatigue. Perimenopause is the transitional phase leading up to menopause when hormonal changes start to occur. And these changes can have a significant impact on energy levels and metabolism, often resulting in tiredness and fatigue. So if you've been feeling low on energy, you're not alone, but fear not because I'm here to help you reclaim your vitality. Firstly, let's look at the energy zappers that might be contributing to your fatigue. One major and unsurprising culprit is poor sleep quality. Lack of restful sleep can leave you feeling drained and sluggish. And the good news is that last week's episode was all about sleep. And so that's going to help you with that problem. But even if you feel like your sleep is okay, it's worth paying close attention to it and noticing how many hours of uninterrupted sleep you're really getting. You may be in bed for seven to eight hours, but are you actually sleeping for most of that time? Or are you waking up repeatedly or spending periods of time awake? You know, while that might feel normal to wake up in the night, wake up several times a night, because you know lots of people who are experiencing it too, it's not really normal, it's not how it should be. And it will certainly be having an impact not only on your energy, but also on your metabolism and your hormones. So it's an important one. Another factor that can sap your energy is leading a sedentary lifestyle. Physical activity is key to boosting energy levels. And even though it can feel like it's the last thing that you want to do when you're fatigued, it can be a bit of a vicious cycle because being sedentary makes you more fatigued and even less motivated to exercise. So we're going to discuss ways to incorporate movement into your daily routine from gentle walks to slightly more vigorous exercises. We'll explore different options that suit your preferences and help you to revitalize your body. And then let's not forget the impact of nutrition on energy levels. Nutritional deficiencies can leave us feeling tired and lethargic. And I'm gonna shed light on the key nutrients that are often lacking in diets and provide guidance on how to address these deficiencies through healthy eating. And we'll look at the power of nutrient dense meals that can naturally boost your energy levels. 
Our emotions and stress levels can also play a significant role in our energy levels. Stress and fatigue often go hand in hand, impacting our overall well-being and weight management. So we're going to delve into the connection between stress, fatigue and weight and provide practical strategies for stress reduction. By adopting stress management techniques, you can reclaim your energy and optimize your health. So sleep, exercise, nutrition, stress and emotions, these are the key energy zappers. And these are also the key weight loss blockers. So this is the foundational work you need to be doing to set yourself up for long-term success. Before you even start thinking about calories or macros or cutting anything out, we need to make sure we're meeting our basic needs. And the problem for women after age 35 is that we're less resilient to the impact of poor sleep, high stress, and poor nutrition. Our bodies can't cope with the abuse in the same way it used to. And that leads to serious fatigue and also stubborn weight. And while we're talking about weight, the way that we burn fat is intrinsically linked to our energy production. In our cells, in little powerhouses called mitochondria, we use fat and sugar to make energy. So you'd think that eating plenty would give you lots of energy, but frustratingly, making energy requires a lot of fuel. You know, we need vitamins and minerals and amino acids, water and oxygen, in order to be able to burn fat and sugars. And many women that we test in the Nourish Method have deficiencies and are dehydrated, which is a recipe for poor fat burning and therefore poor energy production. So now that we understand the energy zappers, let's move on and explore how we can nourish our bodies for sustained energy. A well-balanced diet, rich in whole foods, is vital for maintaining optimal energy levels. Most of the time, when people are trying to lose weight, they're focusing on cutting things out of their diet. And that's a dangerous game to play because We really need variety to provide us with the broad range of nutrients we need to make energy and hormones and eliminate toxins and everything else that goes into losing weight. So while these more restrictive approaches result in weight loss initially, in the long run, metabolic damage can occur and weight can become really stubborn and fatigue can be really chronic because we're depriving our bodies of what they need to thrive and repair. So taking an approach where you try to include a variety of different types of fibers and fats and complex carbs and different colored fruits and vegetables, plenty of protein, even salt and the other electrolytes. Now, there are some key nutrients that, if deficient, can cause significant fatigue. So it's often worth having your iron, vitamin D, B12, and folate or folic acid checked. And when you have them tested, get a copy of the results and make sure the numbers are well into the middle of the range. If they are only just above the lower limit, then they are not high enough and they could be a significant factor in your fatigue. And Oftentimes, if they're in the normal range, even if they're just one point away from being low, your doctor will just tell you that they're normal. So you really have to be your own advocate when you're looking at your nutrient levels. 
Having said that, even if one or more of these nutrients come back deficient, it doesn't mean that's the only problem going on. You should still assess your sleep and stress and overall nutrition and also be asking, why are you deficient in these nutrients? You know, vitamin D is almost to be expected when you're living in the Northern Hemisphere. However, low B vitamins may indicate poor absorption from the digestive tract or lack in the diet, especially if you're vegan. Low iron could be caused by poor absorption too and also lack in the diet, especially if you're vegan, or it could indicate yeast overgrowth, um, or it could be to do with heavy periods or something else entirely. And it's important to note here that taking a multivitamin really doesn't cut it. Even if you took one that was good quality and your digestive system was able to absorb it properly, we still need to be eating nutrient-rich foods because if you're not eating things that are providing you with lots of nutrients, then you're eating things that are depleting your nutrients. You know, when you make food choices, you're either nourishing your body or depleting it. And that's why all supplement packets say that they are not a substitute for a balanced diet. Okay, let's talk a little about energizing lifestyle practices. Regular exercise is a powerful tool for boosting energy. So let's think about the types of exercise that are beneficial for perimenopausal women. My team and I have worked with hundreds of women and it's not often we find someone who's found that sweet spot when it comes to maximizing energy. Finding that sweet spot is key because not enough movement will leave you feeling fatigued and sluggish and your muscle gradually wasting away, but also too much exercise or exercise that's too intense will drive up your stress hormones, which can block weight loss and energy production and disrupt your sex hormones as well. So the best approach is something that will depend on various factors like your stress levels and how your thyroid is doing, your energy levels, sleep, and much more. But what we know is that too much cardio or too much intense exercise is so often counterproductive. You know, while it can feel like the right thing to do because you're burning more calories, it may actually be blocking your weight loss because of how it drives up stress hormones, which then disrupts your sex hormones and blood sugars. So focusing on a mix of strength training, yoga, and other gentle exercise, gentle cardio, is usually a good combination. Alongside physical activity, self-care and stress management are crucial for optimizing energy levels. And techniques such as meditation, deep breathing exercises, and engaging in hobbies are all great ways to help ease stress. Taking part in group activities like sports, group hobbies, or community activity, they're all also really important for your well-being. Isolation or loneliness has been studied a lot in recent years, and loneliness has been associated with poor health outcomes, and it's detrimental to our emotional well-being and our overall energy levels. Finally, there are some imbalances to explore, like underactive thyroid, candida overgrowth, sleep apnea, burnout, or adrenal fatigue, as it's sometimes called, um, and, and more. You know, there's a, quite a few different imbalances that can cause fatigue and that really need a strategic approach to address them properly and really get to the root of that fatigue. 
As always, the key takeaway here is that the secret to maximizing energy and optimizing your metabolism is to take a holistic approach. One that tackles the issues from all angles rather than just a pill or a diet. There are lots of other things to consider too that we haven't got time to go through, like caffeine intake and liver detoxification, intolerances, mental load, and more. And this is why a personalized approach is always the best option, because trying to figure it out on your own is really difficult, you know, especially when you're mega tired. And that's why you need a system, support, targeted recommendations for your imbalances, a plan specific to your female body. So if you're stuck, feeling frustrated and not seeing the changes that you deserve, then you need to stop putting it off and take action. And a good first step is to watch my free info-packed masterclass all about removing weight loss inhibitors and activating fat loss accelerators. And you can watch it by visiting pages.louisedickbynutrition.uk forward slash masterclass dash invite a bit of a long one but i'm going to drop that link into the show notes or the description of this episode and just clicking that will take you to the masterclass and i'll look forward to seeing you there okay now it's time for my favorite fact from the past week and this one is exciting the fact is this scientists have created tiny tiny robots that one day may be able to go into your body and treat diseases i mean what a time to be alive that is mind-blowing so at the university of colorado a team of engineers have designed a new class of tiny self-propelled robots that can zip through liquids at super fast speeds They're several times smaller than the width of a human hair, so they're really tiny, and they're called microbots. And the hope is that they could be uh, used to perform tasks in the body, like deliver drugs to specific areas, or even perform invasive surgery. One of the researchers said, quote, instead of cutting into the patient, we can simply introduce the robots to the body through a pill or injection, and they would perform the procedure themselves, end quote. It's like, do you remember watching Tomorrow's World? And they said things like, one day we believe there will be a computer in every school and library. And we were like, nah, never gonna happen. I feel like this is the modern day version of that. And I was on another podcast a few months ago and we were talking about what advances there would be in health and nutrition in the next 25 years. And I said I thought uh, wearable technology like Fitbits might get a bit more advanced. But I think I may have been a bit unambitious now. Um, They've actually tested these microbots on mice and they've used them to deliver a common steroid medication to the bladder and concluded that this could be a useful approach for humans, potentially for treating things like interstitial cystitis. So I hope you enjoyed that mini episode of Tomorrow's World. 
Now, I don't have a question to answer for you today, but if you follow me on Instagram, keep an eye on my stories because I'm gonna put one asking for your questions for the podcast over the next couple of days. So please use that to ask me your questions, big or small, and that's a really easy way to just quickly knock out a question to me. Alternatively, you can get your questions answered on the podcast by emailing me at louise at louisedigbynutrition.com and putting podcast in this subject. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, you can reach me on Facebook or Instagram by searching at Louise Digby Nutrition. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, click follow or subscribe and leave a review. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.